chill, an uneasy feeling that you are not alone. Don't worry, it's just a ghost. A shout out to Tia Mayhem and Tanya Venom of Stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of It's Just a Ghost. I am your producer and host, Mary Jensen. We are back after a seven-month hiatus and ready to jump back in on a regular basis with new and exciting episodes. In this episode, I will be talking with award-winning director, producer, and screenwriter, Derek Hammer of Good Take Studio in Los Angeles, California. Woman in the Chair, written and directed by Derek, is an independent, concept-driven psychological horror film currently in post-production in Tokyo, Japan, with a release date on Halloween Day, 2021. Hello, Derek, and welcome to the It's Just a Ghost podcast. Hey, Mary, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. So we'll get more in depth with the film a little bit later in the show, but first let's find out a little more about you. So Derek, please share your background and what inspired you to do what you are doing now. Okay, let's see. I like to go all the way back to the, the, the concept of creating stories and sharing them. I think that started when I was like 12 or 13. I didn't have a camera, but I had an animation program called Kid Picks. I wonder if there's anybody out there that knows that. I don't know. It's this really cheap like animation program. And I used that to make little uh, uh, short videos. And I would love to show my friends, love to show my family. And then that, I guess, I think when I was like 13 or 14, I decided that directing uh, is just kind of my passion. Um, so jump, jump forward to after university. I, I studied film for a while. Um, changed my major to culture, uh, ethnic studies, decided to do film like kind of on my own. Wish I had gotten the degree though, <laughs> would have been useful. Anyway, so yeah, I did um, a lot of short films in Colorado, which is where I'm originally from. And then I went to Asia. I was living in Asia for about 10 years. Uh, I would say <clears throat> starting out, my main income was working as a teacher. Uh, but then eventually I was able to get into some video companies working for Predominantly, uh, there's a company called CGTN. It's like a news company. They need a lot of documentaries and films and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, making films on the side uh, uh, as a freelancer. I think the last few years when I was in Japan, I was working as a freelancer for film and, and video and all that. So that's kind of my history, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's very interesting. And it sounds exciting, too, especially knowing what you wanted to do at such a young age and, and you went with it. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, they don't really know. I mean, even now, you know, some people in their 40s, 50s, you know, they just kind of mm-hmm. roll with whatever job. So that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think what I would say about that is my grandparents distilled. I think this is something to do with in times of war in our society. Like my grandparents instilled this this idea that, that work is supposed to be hard and you're not, you're not supposed to get a job that you like. And that caused, I think, a lot of problems with my dad. Just he didn't enjoy his job, but he just stuck through it. But it made him depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then he's trying to teach his children the same thing as well. But I kind of decided to break out of that. And, and yeah, I meet people, especially like older dudes who 
quit their job that they hated and started doing what they love and they're just so happy and they got so much abundance and and I just am really a proponent of following that path. Yeah, I, I mean, that's great because like you said, a lot of people don't, you know, because um, mm -hmm. sometimes it is easier just to take, you know, like a menial job and not be happy and, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to really push yourself for your dreams and, and accomplish them. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we know you're working on, we will talk about Woman in the Chair, but do you have some fairly recent works that you've done that you would like to talk about? I've been really focused on Woman in the Chair. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm doing, I've been doing like, you know, video, um, video productions as a freelancer, commercials, that sort of thing. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Clichés for Life. I started, so I made one, one like comedy skit video, which I really enjoy doing. And then that went on hold when I started making the Woman in the Chair feature. And um, so the Woman in the Chair feature right now, it's still in post-production. There's just some sound stuff and a few other like special effects being done that I, may, I mainly do in the special effects and stuff like that. So it's a lot of time that I'm putting into it. Mm -hmm. But when I have time, I like to do like comedy skits. Okay. And it's about like movie cliches. Uh, just making fun of cliches that you see in movies. So that's pretty <laughs> much the only like narrative uh, work that uh, that I've been working on. I got a um, TV pilot in August that I'm shooting. I'm just doing the, the DP work for that. Um, I would tell you the name, but I don't even know if it has a name yet. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So we'll yeah. look. We'll definitely look for that. Um, yeah. And I I'd love to check out your YouTube channel. So I I'll check into that too. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so okay. let's talk about your current project. So okay. as I said earlier, Woman in the Chair is an independent, concept-driven psychological horror film currently in post-production in Japan, and it was the winner of Best Horror Screenplay in the 2019 Los Angeles Horror and Crime Film Festival. And the script combines elements of horror from classic Japanese horror as well as Western horror films. It was inspired by a real encounter with a ghost. I love it. So <laughs> is this encounter your experience? It is. Uh, so when I was 13, I lived in the countryside with my parents, my family, my sister. And we lived in this place that had big property, uh, maybe seven acres. And um, so first, I just had a creepy feeling about the place. I don't know if that was because I was young or whatever. And then the first kind of thing that happened is my sister had a dream of this girl that was wearing white. She had long brown hair and she was standing in a certain part of the property. There was a te tether ball, tether ball. I don't know how to say that. Tether ball? Tether ball. Do you know what I'm talking I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, there was a tether ball pole there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we, we had family over and my sister was talking about the dream that she had about this girl. And then I said, wait, does she have long brown hair? She's like, yeah, long brown hair. And she goes, and she was standing. And I said, she was standing at the tetherball pool. And she's like, yeah, and we had like the same dream, right? Wow. And then so, uh, and then the main thing that happened is I was sleeping one night and I had my alarm clock next to me on the left. So I woke up and I looked at it and it said 303. I don't know what that meant at the time. And then I had this feeling in my gut or in my mind that was, there is a monster in your room. I don't know why I had that thought. 
And then I, so I looked and there was, sure enough, <laughs> there was a, basically at the time I thought it was a bunch of boxes stacked up with a white sheet over it. And then my first thought was, why did my dad stack up a bunch of boxes and put a white sheet over it while I was sleeping in my room? Right. And then my second thought was, wait, this is impossible because my room is locked and that's like a ghost I'm looking at. And then I was thinking, I think like my third thought was like, why is it so cliche? Like <laughs> I'm looking at this white sheet and I was like, you know, that's kind of like ghosts that you see in the movies like 10 years ago. It's kind right. of like a cliche ghost. Mm -hmm. um, and then I immediately hid under the covers and I was waiting for about an hour. My heart was thumping and I was like, just waiting for, I don't know, wait, waiting for it to go away, I guess. Then I slowly like peered, you know, over the covers and it was gone. And then um, I ran to my parents' room and I tried to wake them up. I was like, hey, why'd you go? What happened? Oh, and they were just like ignoring me. Like, what are you talking about? Go back to bed. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> now, right. How old did you then, say you were then? I was 13. Wow. Okay. So do you want to hear the second encounter of that? Sure. Absolutely. That yeah. Okay. So about a year later, my alarm clock was on another side of the room. I woke up again. It said 303. And I looked and the same ghost was walking. I saw it like walking through my room. So I did the same thing. I covered myself, but I was a lot faster this time. I was about 20 minutes of being under the covers. Mm. Uh, and then I slowly went up. I looked, it was gone. Thought I heard something on my porch. So I like yelled out, I, I yelled at something like go away or something like that. And then later as I grew up, I, so I was talking to this producer in, in Hong Kong about this very woman in the chair project. And I was telling him how it was inspired by a ghost encounter. And uh, he told me that 303 is actually a time when um, spirits are active or something like this. Uh, so I looked online and it was true. It's like, oh, 303 is actually yeah. has some, you know, meaning. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that I'm like three o'clock or yeah, shortly after that, which, you know, I think is, is really strange because you always think of like midnight. You know, that's yeah. a scary time of the witching hour. But yeah, um, and because I've heard some other people talk about that too, that 3 o'clock or 3.03, I don't remember the exact, but that's what you said, 3.03, that yeah. a lot of things happen. That's crazy, and that's what happened to you, so. Right. Wow. Well, I, I just saw it two times. Right, but. While okay. I was living there. Mm -hmm. And that's um from your dream too, right? You said you had dreamt about someone in white or a woman in white uh before that right yeah that was before and that wasn't it wasn't the same ghost it was like a, a little girl oh um, the dream was a little girl ghost yeah and then something that i realized recently is that ghosts that i saw that i actually saw that looked like a bunch of boxes or whatever the reason why it looked like that is because it had no head and so it was just shoulders wow that's even scarier <laughs> oh my god uh, I, I feel like because it had that, it wasn't as scary. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, See, I don't know. If it really looked like a human, like a head and stuff, that would have been scarier. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can't say because I haven't, I haven't actually like seen an apparition or anything. Uh -huh. um, but I did grow up in a haunted house. I had a lot of like experience, more like sense, smelling perfume and just feeling there was oh. something there, you know, mostly like that for me. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes. I know you had 
your initial email, you said you had listened to my interview, um, one of my interviews, and that's kind of what inspired you to contact me, which is really cool. I was, like, psyched about that. I'm like, ah, you know, he, somebody was interested in one of my episodes and wants to be on the show. But, um, you know, so I've done some investigations, and I've picked up, like, orbs and stuff like that on film or, you know, okay. on digital cameras and right. stuff and but that's it i mean as far as seeing anything in real life so i can't really say i'd probably be the first one to run out the door crying you know ah there's something there <laughs> i don't know well you're lucky i guess and, um, we <laughs> do have a couple investigations coming up so if i keep that up i'm sure i'm gonna eventually see something yeah. like in person yeah but, totally yeah I, I wonder if our state of mind has something to do with it i really do because I've done some like meditation and like when you clear your mind, you become more sensitive to things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wonder if having a clear mind can help, can help you see, I guess, you know, the other world. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, that makes sense. You know, you, your mind is totally free to accept it and, and stuff. Uh -huh. So that does make sense. And I know, right. you know, there's people that are a lot more um, clairvoyant, I guess, and others. You know, some people see a lot of things, others feel a lot of things. Now, did your sister have any other encounters, any dreams or anything? Like the sister? paranormal. Yeah. She, okay, well, she, when we were living there, she saw this, I uh, know, she had that dream. But then later on in life, she became, she had a sense of demons. She's able to see demons sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, she was at a church and there was this, this dog. Sorry. Mm -hmm. He just uh, wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to be. So uh, she was talking to this group in a church. I don't know what they were doing, praying or something. And she saw this black figure in the corner. It was just watching them. And she was just, she kind of ignored it. Uh, and then um, she saw it moving. And then she said it like rushed towards her at one point. Mm -hmm. And then she, like, told everybody what happened and, like, they all were, like, praying about it or something. That's pretty much all the details I got from that. Yeah, and, and was that around the same time you had your encounters? No, because when I had mine, I was really young. And then when we got older, that's, oh, okay. when, she, that's when she got into, she was, like, a pastor for a while. Mm -hmm. Had some experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's scary when you start getting into the with the demons and stuff like that but so what did she well, do like, did she do like a cleansing or anything uh she let's see she I'm trying to remember her story i think she just told everybody and then they all prayed about it and then it went away or something like that yeah well that's good you don't want demons yeah. now did you have any other encounters have i i myself personally that was pretty much the, the one that i had i haven't had any others but what I what I found interesting about that that the way that it worked its way into the script, because in the movie the the guy they find this ghost sitting in a chair right, and um, the the first thought that I had when I saw a ghost was, you know one of the first thoughts was like wow that's cliche, <laughs> um, and you know in in Hollywood movies or in media we're trying to always do something new away from the cliche, and we start to um, have this pattern where we, we see something that we've seen in a movie like 10 years ago, and we're like, oh, that's cliche, so it can't be 
used or um, I don't know, just kind of a tendency, right? So the, the ghost in the, um, the woman in the chair is a pretty much just a cliche ghost, like wearing white, long hair, mm -hmm. because this is kind of what's reported in Japan, like when people see a ghost. And there's a, there's a line where <clears throat> when they're looking at the ghost, the woman says, like, I never expected a ghost or demon or whatever to look like this. It's kind of cliche. And then the other character says, well, what if cliche is real? Like, what if Ooh. throughout our, our art and our history, we're naturally afraid, we're, we're um, like, e the face of evil is always something that we're naturally afraid of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, I like that line, though. What if cliche is real? That's awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... um. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, like, how your encounter with a ghost materialized into film, and uh -huh. um, you kind of just explained that. And so what made you, because I know you said you had been, you had told someone in Japan about encounter, I guess you had said, and so is that why you decided to shoot it in Japan instead of, like, in the United States? Right, so actually, it, I had originally written the script to shoot it in Ontario, or in, not in Ontario, sorry, in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one of the characters was going to be from Ontario, um, just because it matched him. But it didn't quite work out. And I was actually in Japan, and I decided to just embrace the actual location and just embrace and change the story to, you know, being in Japan. But I wanted to make it for Western audiences, so I, I uh, ended up using uh, foreign actors. So... It just made it really hard to cast because there's not that many actor, like foreign trained actors in Japan as opposed to models. There's a lot of models there. Um, but it actually worked out so well um, because the, the biggest thing is um, two big things off the top of my head. One of them is that I was trying to find an actress that kind of represented the movie because I wanted the movie to be a fusion of, of j-horror japanese horror and american horror mm -hmm. and i thought oh it'd be great if i had like a half japanese half american lead actress and i found one she's really good oh yeah the other thing i was going to say is about the location it was so hard to find the location that i wanted which was basically a creepy uh lake um that can be can that can look like it's surrounding a like an island so like because the characters have to get there through a raft because it's supposedly went un underwent a flood mm -hmm. uh, in, in the past and it's starting to dry dry up because of a drought. Um, and then like uh, I found this amazing place where basically is this forest where everybody had um, planted trees, these special kind of trees in it. Mm -hmm. The trees grew tall, but because they were planted, I don't know how that works. If they were planted, they're less strong, I guess. Uh, and there's a typhoon that came and blew so many of these trees down. And um, I actually was able to work that into the story, and it just created this kind of creepy vibe in that forest of all these big trees that are falling down. And it looks really cool, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, because I did check out your um, YouTube teaser trailer. And, uh -huh. yeah, it's right up my alley. Obviously, the paranormal element intrigues me. I also enjoy a good psychological thriller. So I okay. was instantly on the edge of my seat in suspense. So I nice. can't wait to see the film when it is released on Halloween. Awesome. Yeah.
I will have links to the film's website, Facebook page, as well as links to the trailer. Our listeners can check out my website at itsjustaghostpodcast.com and just click on episode 49 for all of that and more on the film, The Woman in the Chair. As filming progresses during the upcoming months, Derek will be sending me photo shoots and videos that I will review and include in future episodes of It's Just a Ghost. Because we want to keep people interested in The Woman in the Chair, I suggest you check out the trailer and look for it when it comes out on Halloween. Now, um, will that be in the United States on Halloween too, like worldwide or... Right now, I have the website, and when people go to the website, they can see the trailer, and then they can also enter in their email, and then that will uh, put them in the list that will be notified, like they will be notified when the film is released. Okay. Um, so if you sign up before October, uh, before Halloween, uh, it'll be only $2.99, uh, and then that's like the early bird discount, and then when you do it after Halloween, it'll be $4.99. Um, so that's if you want to see it from the website. Um, so the film is not yet, uh, like I haven't gone through the festivals or the um, distributors. There's some distributors that I've been talking to. If it does get the distribution, additional distribution, then it might be available on some platforms. Okay. Uh, like um, I think it was Hulu or maybe Shutter, uh, but I have to. That's not for certain yet. So. Okay, and that's on on the website. They can go and, and put in their email? Yeah, they put in the email, and they'll get a link when it comes out. Or they'll probably get a reminder a few days before. You'll also get the um, second trailer, the second teaser trailer, which is going to be out in, I think, about three three weeks. Okay. Uh, and, then, um, and then, yeah, you'll get a link to a streaming platform where you just make the one-time payment to see it. All right, great. I'm definitely going to do that. And what is your website that they can go to? Okay, it's just womaninthechair.com. Okay, and like I said, I will have the link to that on my website as well. Do you have anything else you would like to add to this um, right now? I think, um, I don't think so, actually. Yeah, maybe we can uh, do another another interview around the beginning of October if, if you're free. Yeah, um, just, yeah, you know, be right good. before the film's release and talk a little bit more about it. And that great. sounds great. So I would love I didn't that. Wanna, I didn't want to get too much into your own um, your own encounters because I, I didn't know if you'd be repeating yourself from other podcasts. But, yeah. Uh, I would like to hear more about, you know, um, uh, noteworthy uh, stories or, you know, <laughs> things that you've heard. I actually have other stuff to share even away from the movie because I've been in Asia and Asia has got so many different kinds of ghosts, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I could share some of those stories as well. Yeah. I mean, that's up to you if you have time to do that now, or if you, we could do another episode on that if you'd like. Yeah. Maybe another episode would be good. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. So sometime you let me know when you're ready to do that, you know, just shoot me an email and we can set up another episode yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I yeah, just sounds like fun. Love talking about ghosts. So, I have been talking with Derek Hammer of Good Take Studio in Los Angeles, California. What a pleasure it was talking with you, Derek, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, this is Mary Jensen again. 
um, I wanted to put a little addition onto this episode. As I was editing my conversation with Derek, I came across something strange in the audio. So the section where his dog began to bark, that started as soon as he began to talk about his sister's experience with a demon and the dog barked for a little while and then the dog suddenly stopped. A few frames in after that, Derek was in the middle of saying something and you hear along with his voice something kind of creepy, kind of sounded like demonish to me and we did not hear that as we were having the conversation. I heard it when I was editing and when I got to that spot that's when I heard it and um, I sent it along to Derek. He agreed that it was something odd and that it could be something evil that was there during our conversation. So anyway Derek couldn't be with me today um, but I will play the clip for you and I would love your feedback on it. You can email me at it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com and let me know what you think about this. Here's a clip. Now, did your sister have any other encounters, any dreams or anything? Like the sister? paranormal. Yeah. She, okay, well, she, when we were living there, she saw this, uh, no, she had that dream, but then later on in life, she became she had a sense of demons. She's able to see demons sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, she was at a church and there was this, oh, this dog. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He just um, wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to be. So uh, she was talking to this group in a church. I don't know what they were doing, praying or something. And she saw this black figure in the corner. It was just watching them. And she was just, she kind of ignored it. Uh, and then um, she saw it moving, and then she said it like rushed towards her at one point. Mm-hmm. And then she like told everybody what happened, and like they all were like praying about it or something. So there you have it—the strange encounter that occurred while I was having a conversation with Derek Hammer. Um, please let me know what you think about this. I would love your feedback. Again, you can email that to me at it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. Oh, and I wanted to mention too that It's Just a Ghost will now be twice a month, so every other Wednesday. So the next episode will air on July 7th, where I will introduce you to my new partner in crime, my new co-ghost, Denise Kennedy where we will talk about our investigation at Spring Hill Cemetery in Brooksville, Florida. And also we have some exciting news coming up about a YouTube channel that we will have up and running soon. Thank you for listening. As always, please email us your paranormal experiences to It's Just a Ghost Podcast at Yahoo.com and we will read them on an upcoming episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can help us grow and get our name out there by telling your friends about us, and we would be thrilled if you would leave us five stars. This helps people find us out there in the sea of podcasts. It's all free, so why not, right? You can follow us on Facebook at It's Just a Ghost Podcast, and also on Instagram at It's Just a Ghost Podcast. 
Remember, ghosts are people too. Until next time.